Well, good morning and happy year. And I just want to start off by saying, everybody with me, He is risen. That's why we're here. That's what we're celebrating today. And just because we're spread up, you know, apart this morning doesn't mean that we're not celebrating Easter. We are celebrating Resurrection Sunday. Each and every one of you that are tuning in with us today, wherever you're at, what city, what town, what home, whatever you're doing, I want you to know that we're all in this together. And so we need to be excited about what this day represents. I saw on the internet this week, somebody made the comment like, well, I bet all the Christians are upset because this is the first time they're never going to get to celebrate Resurrection Sunday. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute here. It's not about coming together in a church building because the church is all of us together and we are celebrating Resurrection Sunday today because Jesus has risen from the grave because Jesus brought the boom. Are you ready for that? Back in 2012, there was a movie, Here Comes the Boom, and what is about a teacher, a biology teacher, who decides to go into mixed martial arts to get money for the music program at his school, which they were shutting down. So he goes into this mixed martial arts competition, know that he's basically not going to win, but he's going to go so that he can raise the money, so that he can supply the money needed for his school, so they can reinstitute the music program. And so he brought the boom, by the way. And I want you to know that, yeah, Jesus died on the cross like we talked about on Friday. And a lot of things went silent for Saturday. And it kind of looked like everything was kind of quiet. Our, our disciples were a little bit, I'm sure, depressed, overwhelmed, grieving, not sure what's happening. But then guess what? Here comes the boom on Sunday. Jesus comes up out of the grave and guess what? He's resurrected. He's got new life. He wasn't defeated by the cross. He wasn't defeated by death. Instead, he switched the whole thing up. He took the cross, which was meant as a sign of execution, and he made it a sign of love, forgiveness, peace, and joy. And not only did he revert what the cross stood for, but he himself came back to life, and he snatched away from the enemy, from the devil, he snatched death right out of his hand. And I don't know about you, but that's why I call Jesus the grave robber. Because he goes down into the grave, and he pulls life out of death. And that's what Sunday's all about, by the way, and that's why we're here. That's why we're celebrating this. And I want you to know that life can begin again is the truth shouting from the Easter story of Jesus in the empty tomb. Jesus' resurrection proves that life can begin again and that your seemingly dead or lifeless life can be brought back to life again. Easter's all about Jesus' ability to bring the dead back to life. Can you say amen to that in your homes, to each other? Look at each other and say, hey, Jesus is alive. Amen. And we need to do that because the truth of Easter is this. There ain't no grave going to hold Jesus down. And if he walked out of the grave, so are we going to walk out of the grave. That's the promise of Scripture. That's the promise of Jesus himself. He promised that he would overcome the grave. He promised he would rise again. His disciples just forgot all about all those times he taught about it. They didn't quite understand it in the moment everything was happening because of the, the grief, I think the fear, and everything that was overwhelming them. But man, here came the boom on that resurrection Sunday morning, and he brought life back to where everybody thought there was death. And so that's our theme. We're talking about breakthrough for 2020. We need a breakthrough in our country. We need a breakthrough in our world. We need a breakthrough from the grave this Easter Sunday. Amen. There's a whole lot of death rolling through the world today. But I want you to know, Jesus has the ability to stop death 
right in its tracks. He has the ability to overcome death and bring life and healing and new life for anybody who believes. And that's what we need to do. We need to believe. We need to believe that Jesus is the grave robber. We need to believe that Jesus can do it today like he did thousands of years ago. We need to believe that there can be a miracle this Resurrection Sunday. I believe if the church of the world unites together, starts crying out to Jesus to heal us from this pandemic, to step forth and bring healing to our nations, to our world, and to each and every person that's battling this sickness and this disease. Because that's what I believe, and that's what the Bible tells me that I need to believe. Because there ain't no grave going to hold his body down because he has already defeated death and if we believe on him and follow him and live for him he promises us to ain't no grave going to hold our body down either you know i heard that song probably about three four months ago and and i went to ashley and you know i kind of like country western anyways i like that little appalachian flair type stuff and i even like blues a little bit and i and i went to ashley i said you got you got to do this song ain't no great i love this song i heard molly skagg sing it with bethel i watched it on youtube and man i was i was blown away by the anointing on this song and the message of this song and then but what really got me is when I watched this song on YouTube, was all the comments. I started scanning below the song all the comments. One person writes, I, I had tried to commit suicide, and when I committed suicide in my state of stupor, I heard the song start singing to me. And another one that started saying, this song saved my life. This song changed my life. This song brought resurrection power back into my life. I thought my life was over, but this song brought new life and reminded me who the grave robber is, reminded me of who Jesus is, that there ain't no grave going to hold him down. There ain't no grave that's going to hold us down if we believe. Hundreds, thousands of comments similar to that one. People being set free from all kinds of addictions. People being set free from depression. People being set free from fear. All these people are giving their testimonies about how this song spoke to them right in their point of need. Well, it's interesting. If you go back and look at the history of the song, uh, Molly Skaggs didn't write this song. Johnny Cash also sang this song, but Johnny Cash didn't write this song either. As a matter of fact, you've got to take it all the way back to 1934. Back in 1934, the person who wrote this song was a guy by the name of Claude Eli. He was a songwriter and a preacher from Virginia. And he describes that he composed this song while he was battling tuberculosis in his home in 1934 when he was 12 years old. When he was 12 years old, tuberculosis had overridden his body. His family laid hands on him and they prayed for him that God would supernaturally heal uh, Claude. And guess what happened? God supernaturally touched this young boy at 12 years old and he spontaneously got up from them praying for him and he wrote this song. Now think about that. There's, there's some anointing, some resurrection power behind the song that we're singing, Ain't No Grave. And of course, it went on to become a hit and, uh, in the 30s. Then it was released again in 1942 and then re-released again in 1946 to 47 and released again in 1953 as well. And then all the way up to this last year when Molly Skaggs released it again with Bethel Music, changing up a little bit of it, but pretty much keeping the message the same that touched this young boy who was 12 years old back in 1934. I don't know about you, but that's kind of cool when you get to hear the message behind the song, the history behind the song. 
And so when you, when you listen to these words, man, the, you know, every time I listen to these words, it's like I will be doing stuff and one of those phrases would come back and I think, and I think to myself, here comes a boom, because here comes that song again, here comes that line again, here comes that message again, here comes the hope again, here comes that resurrection power again, and I think we need to hear that today in the midst of what we're battling. You see... We're celebrating today, we're celebrating Resurrection Sunday, the day Jesus defeated death, the day that Jesus snatched death from the Grim Reaper, the day Jesus said, no, you can't have my life, you can't take my life, and I'm coming back to life, and he did. And see, Jesus is the grave robber, and when you start looking at the word, shame is a prison, as cruel as a grave, shame is a robber, and he's come to take my name. Love is my redeemer, lifting me up from the ground. Love is the power where my freedom song is found. Can you imagine this 12-year-old boy singing that after he's healed from tuberculosis? Hey, look, the devil came to shame me. The devil came to put me into the grave. The devil came to take my name and my life. But love is my redeemer, and he lifts me up from the ground. Love is the power where my freedom song is found. I pray you find that freedom song today. I know there's a lot of people battling anxiety and fear and everything else that's going on with the coronavirus, but here's what I want you to know. You don't have to fear. You don't have to live in fear because if you tap into the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, he already promises you this. If he overcame it, you can overcome it. And I don't care if there's death rolling across the world. I believe we can experience the resurrection power of Jesus Christ today in the midst of this wave of death and wave of sickness. Are you with me? Do you believe that? Because that's basically the question that was asked to Martha when Jesus came because Lazarus had died. And and Jesus says to Martha as she comes out to him, Lord, if you would have been here just three days earlier, Lord, if you would have been here just a little bit sooner, and the crowd was kind of mumbling in the background, man, he healed the blind. He set the lepers free. He did all these miracles. Maybe if he would have just showed up here a little bit sooner, Lazarus wouldn't have died. And there's all that kind of murmuring going on. There's Martha crying. And and the Lord looks at her and says to her in John chapter 11, verse 25, and Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though he dies. And the question is, do you believe that? Do you really believe Jesus is the resurrection and the life? Do you really believe that he's able to defeat the grave? Do you really believe that love is our redeemer? It lifts us up from the grave. Love is the power where our freedom song is found. And some of you need freedom today. And Lord, I pray today that the people that need freedom, that need to be delivered from fear and anxiety, I pray you'd set them free right now in your precious holy name as they get a vision of that empty tomb and those, those grave clothes sitting there where Jesus wants life. I pray they understand we have resurrection power as believers. And the reality is, is yes, there ain't no grave that's going to hold Jesus down. There ain't no grave, if you're a believer, that will hold you down. And when you come into contact with death, and when you come into contact with whether it's a pandemic or whatever it may be, we need to put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ because he has the power to defeat death, and he has the power to defeat this coronavirus as it comes against us or people within our lives. 
But I think we just need to believe. We need to pray. We need to ask God to do some healing. We need to trust in God. We need to understand that our faith is not coming to church on a Sunday morning and hanging out in a service on Sunday morning. Our faith is the church stepping up as a time like this to be the church individually, ministering to the people that are around you, giving people hope, letting people know he is the resurrection and the power. He is the one who brings life. He is the one who defeated death. And all who believe in him, even though they die, they're not going to die. They're going to step out out of the grave. Do you believe that? That's the question. That's the big question today. Do you believe that? You know, as I said, the song's just been resonating with me over and over again. And I want you to know that Jesus just loved to take back what the Grim Reaper wanted to take away. And the Grim Reaper likes to take people's life away. And he had many encounters with death in his ministry. He raised, uh, you know, he ran into a funeral one day as he was ministering. And there is the widow of Nain with her son. And Jesus stops the funeral right there progressing down the road. And he reaches and he heals the widow's son Nain and brings him back to life. How about Jairus' daughter? She was on the point of death. Jesus prays for her. She gets healed. He once again snatches away death and brings life into a dead body. I mean, you can go on story after story sharing the stories of how Jesus, whenever he encountered death, he overtook death. He was the grave robber, and he snatched the life back from the grips of death. And I don't know about you, but if you would have noticed this about Jesus' life, you would have anticipated something was going to happen when you saw him die on that, on that cross on Friday, you would have said, hmm, I remember him kind of bringing these people back to life. Maybe the disciples should have remembered some of his words. Hey, on the third day, I'm going to rise. Hey, I'm coming back. Hey, this isn't over yet. This is what's going to happen. And yes, the conspiracy to kill me is going to succeed. But guess what? I'm coming back. <laughs> And he's going to bring the boom when he comes back. And I'll tell you what, he brought the boom to the devil when he rose from the grave. I mean, he, he kind of slam dunked him right there in the middle of the arena, the big arena, the battle between, hey, remember in our song, the battle between death and life is going on. And there's Jesus, and the devil's like, I got him. He's down. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're counting one, two, three. And then all of a sudden, they get to 10, and it looks like the devil's kind of dancing around in the arena, and then all of a sudden, somebody says, hey, he's moving. Oh, hey, he's getting up. Hey, he's taking off the, gro the, 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 the clothes, the grave clothes. Look, he's rising. He's coming up. And the devil's like, what? I took him down. I took his life. And Jesus is like, no, you did it. No, you did it. And then he goes down, it says at this point, he goes into hell and he rips the gates of hell off according to Scripture and he sets the captives free. And then if you read in Scripture, it goes on to say these people who were once dead in Jerusalem appear on the streets. I mean, I don't know about you, but this is kind of like a little bit of supernatural stuff going on here. So I don't know about you, but there ain't no grave going to hold them down. There ain't no grave going to hold other people down. And even the ones who died before Jesus died, he brought them back to life again. And they were seen on the streets of Jerusalem. Loved ones gone away who were with the Lord brought back to life for a moment because they were on their way to heaven. And if you read in Scripture in John chapter 20, we have the Easter story. What a marvelous Easter story. So Mary decides, all right, you know, Jesus has been dead. You know, there's a whole lot going on on Good Friday. There's a whole lot of grief, a whole lot of fear. The disciples are all hunkered down in a room there in Jerusalem, fearing for their life. They're in lockdown, by the way, kind of like a lot of us are in lockdown. They said the door is locked and they're hiding out. But Mary decides she's going to go to Jesus' tomb. And by the way, 
the Jews were a little bit of afraid that Jesus was going to rise because he did prophesy he would rise again. By the way, the disciples really didn't believe it, but I want you to know the Jewish religious leaders did because they went to Pilate and said, hey, Pilate, put some guards outside the tomb of Jesus because we know his disciples are going to try and come and snatch him away and say, look, he rose from the grave. So he put his soldiers there. And then all of a sudden, here comes Mary to anoint Jesus. And the tombs open. The stone's been rolled back. I mean, kind of take a look at the rock. Check the rock, baby. The rock's not in, the, in front of the tomb anymore. And she sees it. She panics a little. She doesn't know what happened to her Lord. She runs back to the disciples that are all hunkered down in fear and in lockdown. She tells them, hey, you know, the, something happened at the grave. Jesus isn't there. And they all run back. John outruns Peter, according to our text. And he gets there, and then they get there, and, and, the, and the stones roll back. The guards are gone, by the way. The soldiers, are they're, they're gone. They're like, they know they're in trouble because you know what their penalty is for letting something like that happen? It's the death penalty from Pilate. And I'm sure they're running for their lives. Because something happened, something supernatural happened. Gee, and so it's interesting, I like what John says, by the way. And I want to remind you of the song, there was a battle, a war between death and life. There on the tree, the Lamb of God was crucified. He went on down to hell, he took back every key, he rose up as a lion, and he's setting all the captives free. That's exactly what he's doing in this moment in time. And i got to come back to what Jesus said to Martha right before he raises Lazarus from the dead. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? That's the question. And he asked that right to Martha. Do you believe this? And by the way, she responded with a yes. I know you're the Savior. I know you're my Lord. And then I come back to Mary, and there she is. You know, she's standing behind probably Peter and John as they're looking into the tomb. And, and he's not there. And, and, you know, I started thinking about, you know, the, the disciples were kind of hunkered down in a room for fear that the religious leaders were going to take them down, and they were all going to be crucified next. I'm sure of it. And, and basically... That's where this thing called fear is a liar with a smooth and velvet tongue. Fear is a tyrant. It's always telling me to run. Well, they didn't run that day. Instead of running away from Jesus, they ran to Jesus, and they discovered because their love for Jesus overrode their fear. Because perfect love casts out fear. And they ran to Jesus for anybody to see him, for anybody to catch him, for anybody to arrest them. Because they came out of hiding and they ran to the tomb right where they probably should have been arrested by the Jewish leaders who had the guards there to arrest people like John and Peter and the rest of the disciples and followers of Jesus. But here we go. See, fear wants to keep you down. It's got a smooth and velvet tongue. Fear is a tyrant and always telling you to run. Well, they didn't run that day. They ran to Jesus, not away from Jesus. They ran to his message, not away from his message. And so we've come to celebrate Easter to shout from the rooftops of empty church buildings, by the way. Christ is risen and to focus on Jesus' resurrection power. We're not focusing on coronavirus. We're not talking about the power of coronavirus. I'm talking about the power of Jesus Christ to overcome death, to overcome anything in relation to coronavirus, to overcome anything that is evil. And Jesus is able to do it because he is the resurrection and the life. And then I remember 
John looking in. And I find it interesting in John, something quite amazing, but I want to pause for a moment. I want you to think about this thought. I think we need a fresh revelation of who Jesus is, and I think we need a fresh vision of the empty tomb today. I think when you get a fresh vision and revelation of the empty tomb, and when you kind of look into the tomb and you see his grave clothes all folded up really nicely, he's not laying where he's supposed to be, there's no rotting, smelling body anywhere. And, and John and Peter are testifying to this. <laughs> we're looking, <laughs> we're looking, and he's not there. Maybe that's what we need to see today. Maybe you need to close your eyes in this moment. Maybe you need to see the stone rolled away. Maybe you need to see John and Peter looking in amazement at this empty tomb. Maybe you need to see Mary looking in amazement at the empty tomb. Maybe you need to see inside the tomb and need to see the place where his body once lied, but now there's empty burial cloths. They're sitting there with no body in them. See, they're folded burial cloths, strands of burial cloth, lying there with nobody in them. And believe me, the, the, the couple days before, they put him in there. He was wrapped in it. He was wrapped uh, by Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. They, they did this to him. They wrapped him up like a mummy, and they put him in the tomb where he was supposed to stay because, well, people aren't supposed to come back from the dead. They're supposed to stay dead, but not Jesus and, and I just, you know, and I just want you, can you see this? Can you imagine this? Can you get a fresh revelation of this today? You know, you know I like what Max Licato says about our scenario. He says, have you ever been at Easter dinner? And this question is asked, hey, what do you say we chat about grave clothes today? Hey, Mike, what are you going to wear in your, in, the, in your casket when you die? Are you going to wear the nice blue suit you have on with a nice pink shirt and tie? What's your grave clothes going to be when you die? I mean, I mean, you know, Max Ricardo says, sound like fun? Is that kind of a conversation we'd have at Easter dinner with the family? Or does it sound like maybe an eerie, creepy topic to talk about? Hey, let's talk about what we're going to wear at our casket. Hardly. Make a list of depressing subjects and burial garments is somewhere between IRS audits and long-term dental care. See, no one likes grave clothes. No one discusses grave clothes. Have you ever, like I said, have you ever had this discussion about what you're going to wear in your casket? Has that come up? Not really. Most people don't talk about stuff like that. He goes on to say, have you ever seen a store specializing in, hey, burial garments sold here? And then, and then he says, and here's the advertising slogan over the store, clothes to die for. Clothes to die for. Now, we've never seen a store like that. Great slogan, by the way, clothes to die for. But we don't have people talking about grave clothes. This is not a subject of conversation that comes up every day. And yet John says in his gospel, I looked in and guess what I looked? I looked at his burial clothes and they're right there and they're empty. He's not in them. The apostle John, he, he's, he's saying, look, I'm looking at the burial garments. I'm looking at the things that symbolize his death. I know he was wrapped in them. I was there. I saw these guys wrap them up. And, and, and God took the clothing of death, and to John it became a symbol of life. When was the last time grave clothes became a symbol of life? When was the last time you saw a mummy? And you looked at the mummy and said, no, that's life. And Jesus came out of the grave. You know, I have to go back to when Jesus, by the way, raises Lazarus from the dead. Of course, we know Martha first came to Jesus and said to him, hey, you know, Lord, he's been dead a while. He kind of smells, you know. 
and Mary comes out and she's like, Lord, if you would have been here. And then Jesus weeps because he's overwhelmed with grief because he sees the grief of everybody. He sees the grief of the sisters. But Jesus knows, <laughs> hey, man, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And he goes up and he stands in front of Lazarus's tomb. And you can read about that in John chapter 11. And what does he do? Lazarus, come out! I don't know about you, but that takes a lot of faith to make this. And when's the last time you went to a funeral and you looked at the person laying in the casket and you said, Mike, get up! Ever done that? And Jesus is doing it in front of everybody. Now, I don't know about you, I would have been a little bit nervous to say that. Even if God told me to say that, I'd be a little bit nervous to say that. And Jesus even prays a prayer so everybody can hear him. Lord, I know you're going to do whatever I ask, but just let them know that I prayed and asked you for this. And da, da, da. Because Jesus wants everybody to know that the Father's going to do something here. Here comes the boom, baby. Here comes the boom. And here's the boom. All of a sudden, here comes Lazarus hopping out of the tomb wrapped in his clothes like a mummy i think that's where they got the easter bunny from for easter by the way maybe that's where the easter bunny comes into the story hopping around maybe it's a symbol of lazarus coming out of the grave i'm sure it was quite a scene to watch jesus is like yeah i knew this was going to happen disciples like oh my goodness he came back to life Mary and Martha are blown away. They all run up to their brother and they're taking the grave clothes off of them because they got to unwrap the guy. He's wrapped like a mummy, okay? And they start unwrapping him. Nobody had to unwrap Jesus, by the way. He's just, poof. they are nice and neat sitting where he was lying. John and Peter, so here we go back again. John and Peter run back to tell the other disciples, he's not there. He's not in the grave. He's not where he's supposed to be. The, the, the stones roll away. The soldiers are gone. Mary stays behind, according to our text in John. And you can look at it also in Matthew 28. And she's crying. She's crying because she doesn't know what happened to the Lord. She hasn't got it yet. She hasn't realized he's risen from the dead. He's fulfilled what he said he was going to do. She looks back in the tomb after the guys have left. And there's two angels, one sitting at the head where Jesus was lying, and the other one sitting at the feet where Jesus was lying, and the grave clothes are in between them. And she looks. Could you imagine this scene, two angels glowing in white? I love their question to Mary. What are you crying about? <laughs> hey, woman, what are you crying about? What are you so upset about? How come so many tears, your eyes are all swallowed? What's going on? He goes, I don't, I, I, I don't know where they laid him. I don't know what they did with my Lord. They're like, duh. <laughs> Come on, woman. You're not here. He, you know. And then she turns around and she sees another guy there. And, and she thinks he's a gardener. And she asks him, did you take my Jesus? You take my Lord? And, and, and I'm, I'm sure Jesus is like, here I am standing in front of her. But maybe her eyes were all swollen from all the crying. I don't know. She couldn't recognize. And then she's like, and then he, the Lord, I love what he says. Mary! Hello! Mary! It's me! 
And then, and then what's amazing is he says, okay, Mary, Mary, you got to let me go. Mary, because, man, as soon as she realized it was the Lord, she goes and grabs a hold of him. I can just see the scenario right now. And she's hanging on to him like, Jesus, you're alive, you're alive, you're alive. And the Lord Jesus is like, you know, I got to go to God the Father yet. You got to let go, Mary. Mary, you got to let go. Let go, Mary. I'm, I'll be there in Galilee in a little bit. I'll be there with the guys. I'm, I'm going to meet up with them. But I, right now, I'm kind of going to see my father in heaven, who is also your father in heaven. Kind of a pretty cool scenario. And then, what does the angel say? He is not here. He walked out of the grave. He rose from the dead like he said he would. And so Mary is told to basically tell the disciples what happened. And, and, you know, and, and it's interesting that the angel says, hey, do not be afraid, for I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He has risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. And, of course, Mary took a bolt back. I bet you she ran the fastest she ever ran in her life as she ran back to the disciples and said, guess who I saw today? Guess who I got to hug this morning on this beautiful sunny morning? I got to hug Jesus. And they're all like, yeah, sure you did. Because Thomas, we saw how he doubted, right? Well, if I can't put my hands in the nail holes and hand in the side, I'm not going to believe. Shortly thereafter, if you read on in the text, what happens? Jesus shows up to the disciples. You see, my friends, the empty tomb is a sign of new life, eternal life, resurrection power, and it's the hinge pin of validity for all Christianity across the world this morning and this weekend of Easter. All across the world today, whether they're gathering together or not, they are gathering together to celebrate Resurrection Sunday because our Lord is alive. See, the hinge pin of Christianity is Resurrection Sunday. The hinge pin that makes Christianity stand out against any other religion in the history of the world is that Jesus rose from the grave exactly like he said he would. He's the only one that snatched death out of the grim reaper's hand and said, oh, no, you don't. I'm taking it back. And then he promised he'd do the same for us. I like what Mark Batterson says in his Uh, book, The Grave Robber, Jesus. Mark Batterson states this, it's that unique claim which sets Jesus apart and puts him in a category all by himself. The Son of God, Christianity, is not built on the foundation of philosophy or a code of ethics. The footer of our faith is one one fundamental fact. The tomb is empty. That's it. And Jesus did what he said he was going to do. And Jesus proved over and over and over again that he was the one that could defeat death. And I want to remind you, if you look at our PowerPoint, they throw it up on the slide for you to see. Jesus raised the son of the widow of Nain from the dead. Jesus raised the daughter of Jairus from the dead. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Many saints rose from the dead at the resurrection of Jesus. And here's the pinnacle one that makes Christianity so different than any other religion in the history of the world is Jesus himself rose from the dead. He's not a dead God. He is alive. And he's still alive today. He's still doing miracles, by the way. And I got to come back to my song. Here comes the boom again. That song keeps coming back to me. There ain't no grave going to hold his body down. There ain't no grave could hold his body down. When he heard the trumpet sound, he rose up out of the ground. There ain't no grave could hold his body down, could hold his body down, could hold his body down, could hold his body down. And whoo, that deserves an amen. Look at your neighbor and say, he's risen. No grave can hold his body down. 
I pray that excites you this morning. I pray you understand that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. I pray you comprehend that he is the grave robber. I pray you comprehend what Paul says about Jesus our Savior. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 54 to 57. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, because He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's Apostle Paul saying, man, this guy's the real deal. Jesus is the real deal. He's alive. He's not dead. How does, how does our man Paul know that? He persecuted the church. He was responsible for Stephen to be stoned. And then Jesus appears to him after so-called being dead, appears to him on the road to Damascus and says, Paul, what are you doing persecuting my church? Paul gets knocked, knocked, knocked off his donkey or knocked off his horse, and he's looking at him like, you're supposed to be dead. And Jesus is like, I am not dead. I am fully alive. Why are you persecuting my church? Changed Paul's life. Rad radically changed Paul's life. He became a persecutor of the church to a fully devoted follower of the church, and he was able to recruit hundreds of thousands or if not millions of people to believe that Jesus Christ is who he said he is. He is the Messiah. He is the grave snatcher. He is the grave robber. He is the master over death. And we just need to believe. And so we just need to understand that uh, Jesus wants us to understand who he is. He is the one. He is and was the Son of God. He is God in the flesh. He is the Savior of the world. He is the miracle worker. He is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit and fire. He is the Lamb of God which was slain at 3 o'clock on Good Friday when they were slaying the other Passover lambs. He fulfilled the Scripture to the T. He is the Lamb of God that would die for the sins of the world. He was the grave robber. Can you see him? Have you got a revelation of them yet? I pray you do. Because when you see it, you don't need to fear. You don't need to fear death. You don't need to live in fear of whatever's happening around you. And I don't care if it's coronavirus around you. You can believe God that he is with you. Because he showed that he can defeat death. He can overcome it. You know, when you get to the end of John chapter 20, I find it amazing. There's these last few verses, chapter 30, 31. I'm going to have our worship team kind of work their way back up. We're going to move to communion here in a moment. Because I really do want you to understand what communion's about, because it all connects to Jesus being our resurrection power. But in John chapter 20, verse 30 to 31, John says this, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not even recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. You see, the miracles that Jesus did of raising the dead was a prelude to what he was going to do with his own life. It was for him to make it very, very clear to you and I, reading scripture today, celebrating his resurrection today, that he is the great robber. He is the one that's able to defeat death. He is the one who died on the cross so that your sins and my sins could be forgiven. 
And so I got to come back to that question that he asked Martha before he raised Lazarus from the dead. Do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? Do you believe that he is the beginning and the end? Do you believe, as he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. And he backed it up by coming back to life and being resurrected. You can look at it historically in history. You can look at it historically through the Bible. You can look how over and over the Bible just continues to be validated as truth, the only truth there is. You can continue to understand that uh, Jesus wants us to cry out, come out. He's crying for you and I to come out today. You know, here comes the boom again. The question is, Jesus is crying for you to come out of your fear, to come out of your anxiety, to come out of your unbelief, to come out of your bondage or your addiction or whatever it may be. He's crying out to you, come on out. Come out, Mike. I remember the day he cried out to me to come out. And I came. I came out of the tomb. I came out of the grave because I didn't like being in the tomb in the grave. I didn't like being in bondage. I wanted to be set free. I wanted to experience Jesus. I wanted to have a personal encounter with him. And when I came out because I heard his voice, come out, Mike, I came out. Question is, are you going to come out? You're going to come out of the grave. You're going to come out of the tomb. You're going to come out of the bondage. You're going to come out of the unbelief, the doubt. You're going to come out of the fear and the anxiety. Just give it to him. You got to believe, though. Just like Jesus spoke things into life, he spoke life into Lazarus. And just like in the beginning where John told us on Friday that God was in the beginning and he was with God in the beginning and, and Jesus was there with God when he, when he said, let there be light and there was light and let there be earth and there was earth and let there be uh, stars and there were stars and let there be uh, land and there was land, let there be man. And he created man and breathed life into his nostrils. That was the boom. He spoke the boom into existence, and he's still speaking the boom into existence today. Do you want new life? Do you want to be saved? Do you want to be set free? God still does miracles. Uh, we rejoice. Uh, by the way, happy birthday, AJ. I know you're listening today. He turned 20 today. And just so you know, they are so back. Tiffany, she can verify. He took 20 steps with the help of a walker, but he took 20 steps. There's our miracle, amen. There's someone who Jesus said, hey, hey. Hey, AJ, come on out, bro. Come on out. I'm going to have you walk again. You're going to be a testimony to me. Jesus is saying the same to you. Come on. Come on out. Come on out of the bondage. Come on out of the tomb. Come on out of the grave. My love can set you free. And so I'd like you to grab your communion elements, if you would, please. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians 11 as we celebrate communion today. I want to remind you that Jesus is the one who instructed us on Passover, which would have been Thursday night of Easter week. He instructed us to remember his sacrifice. He had not yet gone to the cross yet, but at that Passover meal, he was the Lamb of God, which would be the sacrifice for the world, which would set the world free. Jesus said that we need to remember him. We can never forget him. We need to remember his sacrifice on the cross, Good Friday. But I want you to know, it's just not all about staying and hanging on the cross, Good Friday. It's about him coming off the cross, going into the tomb, and then out of the tomb. So what he said, I've told you, and this is the Apostle Paul speaking, I've already told you what the Lord Jesus did on the night he was betrayed. 
and it came from the Lord himself. He is the one that said to do this. This is not a man-made tradition that we will celebrate communion, but this is what Jesus wants us to do. The grave robber, by the way. He took some bread in his hands, then after he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body which is given for you. Eat this and remember me. And then after the meal, Jesus took a cup of wine in his hands and said, this is my blood and with it, God makes this new agreement with you. Drink this in remembrance of me. And then we're challenged, but if you eat the bread and drink the wine in a way that is, isn't worthy of the Lord, well, you're going to get yourself in all kinds of trouble. Because you've got to believe. If you partake of communion, you've got to believe that he is the resurrection and the life, that he is the only way to heaven. And so if you have your communion elements... Let's take a look at the wafer and be reminded the wafer represents Jesus' body, which was broken for your sin and my sin. All the whippings he took, the crown of thorns, the piercing of his side, the nails through his hands. That's what this thing represents. And they represent him hanging on that cross, bloodied, brutally bloodied and executed for yours and my sin. And so let's remember this. That this is about giving God thanks for being willing to give up his body for us so that we can be set free. Let's partake. And then the juice. The juice or the wine. He said, this is my blood. And with it, God makes a new agreement with you. <laughs> what do you mean? It says that those who believe in Jesus Christ and make him their Lord and Savior and repent of their sins, it says that the blood of Jesus Christ wipes away all of my sin and makes me new. You get a chance to be born again, to do it all over, to come out of the tomb and find new life, to see the sun again, to experience life again. That's all because of his blood, which flowed off of his body and down that cross. And by the way, it's the blood which makes the Bible alive. It's not like any other book. His blood goes from page to page and makes this thing alive. So let's partake and remember Jesus' shedding of his blood so you and I could have our sins washed away. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just rejoice and give God praise. Lord, we thank you that you gave these symbols to us to remember your sacrifice on Good Friday. But it's not about just everything ending on Good Friday. It's all about what happens Resurrection Sunday. And that even though you died on that cross, you came back to life. And while you were there, you went down to the devil. And you went toe-to-toe with death, with the grim reaper, with the devil himself. And you snatched the gates of hell off and you set people free. And, Lord, you're still setting us free. You're still giving new life to those who believe. And so, Lord, I pray that we would accept you and put our hands into your hands and know that when we accept you as our Lord and Savior, we don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear coronavirus because your presence is everywhere, and your presence is with each person right where they're at. And if you've never repented of your sin and you want to do that right now, I just challenge you. It's very simple. Just ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins and say, Lord, I want you to be the Savior of my life. Please come into me and save me and set me free. Wash me and make me as white as snow. 
And then I want you to know, once you pray that prayer, Jesus hears your prayer, and he comes in, and, and he gives you new life. And I love what it says here in John, that he'll also breathe into you the Holy Spirit. He'll bring life into you. The Holy Spirit will live inside of you. But you just got to open up. You just got to believe. And all you got to do is ask him to be your Lord and Savior. And guess what? He will. You want to experience his resurrection power? Do that right now in this moment. Maybe there's others around you that need a miracle right now. Well, guess what? We still have the resurrection power of Jesus right in your home. Maybe you need to pray for somebody in your home that needs a miracle. Pray for them right now. And Jesus wants to do a miracle here on Resurrection Sunday. See, Jesus is not just the winemaker, the water walker, the storm calmer. He's the grave robber. And he snatches back every life that wants to be snatched back from darkness. And so as we wrap it up today, here's my few thoughts for you. And then we're going to sing that song, Ain't No Grave. See, the trick is learning to live as if Jesus was crucified yesterday, rose from the dead today, and is coming back tomorrow. Amen? That's what this is all about. Jesus was crucified yesterday. He's rising from the dead today. And guess what? He's coming back tomorrow. That's his promise. And there ain't no grave going to hold him down. Ain't no grave going to hold down the believers who believe in him, who are part of his family, that are part of the king's kids, that are part of the royal family. Guess what? Nothing's going to hold you back because if you got Jesus, he's already overcame the grave, and so will you. You see, resurrection miracles don't just stop there, by the way, with people being set free and delivered from drugs and alcohol. God raises dreams from the dead, too, by the way. Maybe you need a dream to be raised from the dead today. Maybe you have a relationship that seems dead that Jesus needs to fill with new life. Maybe he needs to restore marriage because it's become worn out or something or broken, and he can restore that. He gives people redos in life, and you can have a redo if you want it. You can be born again. And by the way, he will snatch people out of the grips of death. I've seen him do it. And no matter what, we need to be reminded that there ain't no grave going to hold Jesus down and there ain't no grave that's going to hold us down because if he walked out, we're going to walk out too. Can I have an amen? Can I have a he is risen? Amen. Let's sing that song and let's sing this song like we mean it. I'll turn over the ashes. Take my name. Love is my redeemer. Lift me up from the ground. 
Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, and Lord, I just continue to pray for those that need a touch by you today. I pray that you would just fall upon them in their homes, let your Holy Spirit's presence and power come upon them, set people free, heal people, deliver people from fear, deliver people from anxiety, and Lord, we're just believing that you're just going to bring an end to this coronavirus, that you're going to continue to meet and supply our needs through no matter what happens. But Lord, more than anything else, we want to thank you that you are risen and that you're not another dead God, but you are alive. And everybody in the church said, Amen. Well, happy Easter. God bless you. Here we go.